and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. I'm your host, Michaels, and it's prelim week. Who would have thought we'd be speaking about that at the start of the year? Uh, and we've got a couple of special guests on tonight, including a supporter from the GWS Giants. Uh, but first of all, welcome back, RFC Tiger 74. G'day, everyone. Nice to have you back on. Thank you. Good to be on. And from the GWS Giants board, we have Giant Strides. So welcome to you, and thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for the invitation, and hello to everyone. No worries at all. What we usually like to do is find out a little bit about our guests. Um, we've had RFC Tiger on before, so we know a bit about him. Um, but for the Giants fans out there, how did you become a GWS fan, Giant Strides? Uh, yeah, a question that often gets asked to Giants supporters. Um, to answer that, in my case, uh, I'm actually a Queenslander by birth. Um, so rugby league, rugby union were the primary sports that I followed. Um, but we, uh, I, I did actually watch a lot of the uh, AFL that was on TV at the time when I was growing up and, and followed it. So a bit wider than, uh, than just the, the standard uh, Queensland sporting fair. Um, after I left school, I actually did spend some time living in Melbourne and Perth, uh, as well as Canberra. And I married a South Australian girl. So I've had that a bit of a extra exposure than, uh, than perhaps what I normally would have. Um, spent a lot of the last 20 years, though, living in Western Sydney and Canberra. Um, the big catalyst really was my son. When he got to an age when he was interested in sports, um, the, uh, he did Auskick, and it was around the time when uh, the Giants were just starting up, so they were taking all the Auskick in Western Sydney. Never really seen any swans, so that got him uh, interested. Um, he joined the local uh, Aussie Rules Club, and we decided that, you know, if the Giants were going to come in and if they're going to succeed, they needed people like us to come along and support. So we did. We went along and saw them the first year, joined as members, and we've been going since then as a family. Oh, that's great. And, yeah, I mean, they're a fantastic up-and-coming team with no doubt plenty of success ahead of them. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the supporter base continues to grow as well. Absolutely. Before we get into the preview of the, the main game, I just want to touch on our VFL just quickly because the VFL boys have actually won their prelim final and are in the grand final. So they beat Box Hill by 65 points, which was an amazing effort given I think Box Hill finished first. So the grand final for the VFL, for those who can attend, is Port Melbourne versus Richmond on Sunday the 24th of September at Etihad Stadium at 3pm. Uh, I believe you can still buy general admin tickets. So... If you do have the spare time on Sunday, definitely get down and support the boys. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a fantastic game. How have the um, Giants' Neeple yeah, side gone this, this year? Gone this, this year. Uh, we certainly didn't do very well, um, and a lot of that was caused by the big injury toll in first grade, which meant that we didn't have a lot of the AFL-listed players, a lot of top-ups from the academy, so good opportunity for them, but they didn't meet with a lot of success. I think we had one or maybe two wins for the whole year, a couple of close losses to Brisbane, but overall uh, not not particularly well. But, you know, that's how the game goes. Yeah, we've been kind of lucky with uh, injuries in our team. It hasn't really been too bad. So I think that's definitely helped the case with the VFL boys. They're, they're now loaded up with some um, yeah, pretty handy players. We'll, we'll uh, push on to the preview of the big game. Before we get to the nitty-gritty stuff... RFC, what's your thoughts on the bye before uh, the finals start? And how do you think it's going to affect the teams that went straight into the prelim? I hate it. It's a momentum killer. However, one big saving grace for us is 
it's allowed Vancouver to have a much needed break. And um, I'm a lot less worried about going into a prelim with him as our sole ruck than I am before because effectively he's had a week on, week off, week on, week off and as much rest as he needs. The other aspect is with our small forwards and the amount of pressure that they need to impose on the game, which, you know, to be blunt, our entire game plan is built around pressure to maintain that week on week. It does drain young players. So initially... I was extraordinarily nervous about it, but I think the one thing that may actually help us is if it keeps the players fresh and they can get around the mental issue, and that's probably the bigger element of this in terms of it being a momentum killer and getting into the guys' heads. I think from a physical point of view, we'll actually benefit from it, but um, we'll, proof will be in the pudding on um, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, hopefully everyone used last year as a bit of a learning curve. I know they've got the GPS data they can use, but it doesn't really replicate match hardness, so it is going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, Giants, Strive, what about yourself? What were your thoughts on the potential having a week off, and do you think that the Giants are going to be better prepared having played the extra game? Yeah, obviously we uh, saw that last year with us. Giants tend to not do particularly well off a bye, um, so we were probably actually a bit surprised last year off the uh, off that week that we beat the uh, the Swans. Um, I think, yeah, you know, I'm I'm certainly not a fan like like others. I think it is a momentum killer, and I prefer to go straight in um, to that first week. Uh, obviously, um, once you win there and you've got a second one, um, it's all about that amount of time over the last month. Um, I'm probably just happy that we've played the extra game. I think that should. Uh, keep us in good stead. Everyone should be nice and, uh, you know, match hardened going into the, what's a very important match. And speaking of your previous game against West Coast, do you think much can be taken out of that as a form indicator? I mean, I watched the whole game and I thought for the first 10 minutes, West Coast really sort of put it to you in terms of pressure and it was a pretty even contest, but they tied out pretty quickly after their, their massive efforts in the last couple of weeks and you overran them, obviously. But how much do you think the, the Giants guys can take out of that game? Yeah, look, the good thing for the Giants was really um, getting rid of some of the problems that they'd had, obviously testing the uh, the new lineup uh, with a slightly uh, different structure, more mobile, a bit smaller. Um, and as you say, the first half of that first quarter was where we brought a lot of pressure and probably that was, you know, that was a good tick in the box. The rest of it probably doesn't tell you a great deal. Um, but obviously, you know, it uh, it got us back to a good running game, both in attack and defence, which I think at least, you know, shook out a lot of cobwebs and got the guys pretty confident. So hopefully, um, even if it's not a great hit out in overall terms, it's uh, it's improved their mental focus going into this week. And the two players I want to mention quickly, Stevie J and Lids. Um, Stevie J with his six-goal haul after being dropped from the qualifying final. I could be wrong with the way I interpreted it, but every time he got the ball, I felt like he was doing nothing other than having a shot for goal to try and cement himself in the side for this week. Was that the common perception from GWS fans? I mean, to still kick six goals is amazing, don't get me wrong. Uh, Yeah, interesting. I was talking with my son at halftime and said, well, three possessions... Uh, surely he, if he does that in the second half, he's not going to be next week. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, bang, bang, bang. Um, and, you know, shortly thereafter, six goals. Uh, yeah, look, I agree. There, there wasn't a lot of form to what he was doing. 
Um, but it was good to see him out there. It was good theatre by the end of the game. Uh, everyone saying, you know, give it to Stevie. Um, I think, though, what he does bring to the Giants uh, is a lot of confidence and a lot of generalship in the forward line. Um, so the fact that he's kicked those goals should actually improve his confidence. The big issue for him will obviously be whether his knee is up to playing a second game in a row and obviously consideration that if he does play this week, would he then be able to play three games in a row in a grand final should we make it? Yeah, that, that is the big question, Mark. And RFC, did you watch the game by any chance, the West Coast GWS? I did. It wasn't the greatest watch, and I had an absolutely shocking stream. But um, the two things I took from it were, one, West Coast were cooked. You know, they were like witches' hats out there. They could barely keep pace with the GWS guys, and, you know, it was just a horrid day for them. The second one, and I know a few people are talking about it, but obviously Stevie J's taken a lot of the focus. Toby Green um, absolutely broke that game apart. Um, his first quarter in particular, he was fantastic. So the guy may be a complete nut at all, but um, he showed yet again on, um, on Saturday why he's um, rated as highly as he is. He was fantastic. He's a gun player, and he's definitely one we have to keep an eye out for. Uh, what did you make of Lid's game? He obviously moved back to the half-back line, which is pretty much where he played a lot of his career with us and, and dominated. Do you think that's where he'll probably end up playing this week? I'd suspect so, only because if you look at the half-forward line for GWS, I don't think he's needed it as up there as much as he is down the half-back line. Um, he does provide that. One thing, you know, we've obviously got a few knockers about Lids for various issues as now that he's left. But Lids has always been an intelligent player who knows how to slow down the game, find his targets and use the ball well. And he does that very well out of half-back. So I think he does provide a bit of strength there. Um, the only concern I'd have is he's yet to play a good four-quarter game this year. And he will have to bring it with the pressure that our forwards will bring on him. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting well, matchup, whoever it goes on to him and how that all pans out. So I think it's his 250th as well. So... Congratulations to him, despite having left the club. He still will always be, you know, fondly remembered with the Richmond faithful. Um, but yeah, maybe we, don't, we don't wish him the best of luck this week, but for all his other games, uh, yeah, good luck to him going forward. We'll push on to the preview of the big game. So it's the preliminary final, uh, Saturday, September 23rd at 4.45pm at the MCG. Last time we met was round 18, and Richmond 9-10-64 defeated GWS 6-9-45 at the G. But as we all know, that history now accounts for virtually nothing in finals. It's a whole new ball game. Um, RFC, I'll start with you. What are your general thoughts on the game? It will come down to a couple of issues for me. The first is, if you go back to the la their last game at the MCG, it was a game of um, two parts. The first part, when it was before the rain came, GWS were absolutely spanking us. Um, their tools completely dominated our small forward line. We couldn't get any clean possession, and it looked like when it was three goals straight, I believe, off memory in that first quarter, it looked like we were in for a very ugly day. Thankfully, the pressure then came up. The rain made things a bit, a little bit more slippery, and suddenly our pressure game really came to the fore. GWS couldn't handle it. And we took out what was a pretty um, good win at the end of the day. Now, the co concern for me is going to be that pressure. If we can keep it up, I think we can beat GWS. But if GWS is able to withstand that and play the game on their terms, um, we won't. You know, we just won't be able to match their class. So um, 
I think it will be a very interesting one. I don't think history means a lot on this one. Um, so that will um, tell us a lot. The second element, and the one that obviously everyone on the boards is talking about, is GWS have never played in a before a crowd of more than 60,000, and they've only played in front of 50,000 twice. So to come before 90,000 plus ferals, it will be interesting to see how the players adapt to what will probably be the most hostile environment in AFL history. Yeah, um, I'm still gobsmacked at the fact that they've classed as a sellout already. I, I thought we might have got somewhere between seventy to 80,000, but the fact that the numbers are suggesting 90 to 95 plus is just astonishing. Yep. So, uh, Giant Strides, what about yourself? What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I'd probably agree pretty much with those points from RFC Tiger. I think it's going to be a case of Richmond's pressure game versus GWS's um, speed and running game. Um as you say, history doesn't really mean anything, and I'm, I'm certainly hoping that it doesn't rain on uh, Saturday afternoon because that uh, would put a dampener on GWS. Um, but, yeah, as you say, if we, we can withstand the pressure um, and convert our, uh, uh, our running game in a similar way to what we did against West Coast, and certainly you know, I understand it's a different team and, uh, and a lot of different circumstances, but if... If we can bring that kind of game, uh, then I think that, yeah, we can win. I certainly believe it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, and I would agree also the, uh, the crowd is going to be interesting to see how the, uh, the GWS boys handle it. Now, obviously, um, the coach thinks that they'll be able to work through it. You know, we've obviously had uh, hostile crowds previously. But uh, as you say, this one will be a bit of a record. And you're coming down for the game, aren't you? I think I saw on one of your threads you've got tickets. I am. I'm bringing my son. We'll, uh, I want to get him to experience an MCG crowd, so that could be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute belter. It's, yeah, I'm getting sort of goosebumps thinking about what the atmosphere is going to be like. So um, it, hopefully a few of the Giants fans do get down. I know there's been a lot of media talk that there's not going to be very many, but it's not, not very often you play in prelims, so I do expect there to be you know more than what people are anticipating, I think, for the Giants fans. Uh, what we'll do now, we'll sort of break down each line bit by bit, and I'll, I'll just get both of your thoughts on, on each section. So, RFC Tiger, Richmond forward line. What do our forwards need to do to win the battle against the GWS defenders? Um, that one P word we've already been touching on, pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, we've got the small brigade, um, led by Rioli, Castagna, Butler and co. Um, if they can, regardless of possessions just maintain the tackle count, maintain the pressure on the um, GWS defenders, that allows Revolt to obviously act as the focal key forward, but that duo of Townsend and Caddy to play that rotating role of the second tall effectively, um, leading forward, and Shane Edwards pitching in when needed. Um, One thing I did like about the um, qualifying final is while Townsend had a relatively quiet game, Caddy was able to step up. So I think some of the questions we had about whether those two can play in the same forward line, that they actually rotated pretty well and complemented each other. Um, But again, it will all come down to that pressure. Um, As we saw in the initial or the last home and away game at the MCG against Giants, when those small guys can't contain that ball in, it just gives no chance to revolt. Um, he gets double teamed every time, and the um, smalls are obviously going to be outmarked at every stage. So we just have to be relentless. 
And this is where I think Townsend's going to be vital to us. Um, Absolutely. He, he did a super job on Lockie Henderson uh, in the qualifying finals to the point where he was not, not wanting to take marks when he was un, he was just by himself. He was actually panicking that much. So I have a feeling he might go to someone like Shaw to try and make him accountable and make sure he can't come across the intercept mark. Um, I mean, it could change up. But yeah, I think he's going to be pretty pretty pivotal to the outcome of, of the game, which is amazing. No one would have thought Townsend was going to be spoken about in this kind of regard, but he's just proven to be super vital to us in the last couple of games. Well, what he does is that um, dual role of one, the guy can kick goals. Um, that's without a question now. And if anyone had predicted that at the start of the year, they would have been laughed off the board. But the second part is in each one of the um, games he's played for us so far, he's played a key negating role on one of the rebounding backs. Now, last time we had the podcast and we'll talk, you know, I late named Heath Shaw as one of the ones I was really worried about because he is an intelligent, creative player and he really sets up that GWS halfback line. If Townsend's able to do a similar role on be it a Shaw or possibly even a Deledio, um, that will go a long way to helping us shut down the um, GWS counter-attack. And Giant Strides, what do you think the GWS defenders need to do to win the battle against the Fords? I mean, I personally think you're one of the best rebounding defensive teams in the comp, so our boys are going to have our work cut out for us. Yeah, absolutely. And for us, it's the C word, composure. Thank God um, you went with composure and not the other C word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there have been times when our back line have lost their composure under strong pressure. Um, I guess think back to the Swans game, uh, which in the end was pretty close and, and probably came down to a few clangers that we uh, that our back line made. Um, if they can keep their heads, uh, then I think that they certainly can uh, get that counter-attack, uh, which you said, yeah, it is a strong rebounding uh, back line. Uh, between uh, Shaw and Haynes, who are very good, um, got you know really good vision of where the ball is going to come, and then they're able to counter-attack from there, and then our runners in terms of Williams and Wilson. And it will be interesting to see uh, whether Williams does play down the back or whether Delidio plays down the back. And it may depend on the uh, you know what's happening in the game as to whether they want uh, sort of the, the Delidio effect, which I think you know, probably brings a little bit more composure or a bit of a spark, which is what you'll get from Williams in his uh, jinking high-speed uh, counter-attack. I, I personally love watching Williams and Wilson running out of the back line. Like you said, they're just so electrifying in that X-factor. And as an opposition player, you would have no idea where the ball's going to end up. Um, I think with Delidio, it's probably a little bit more predictable. So from a Richmond perspective, we kind of hope he probably plays there. But yeah, Williams and Wilson are going to provide some, some big headaches, I think. Yeah, ab- absolutely. They are really strong for us. When when they're on, they are almost unstoppable. And certainly, you know, Wilson at the end of it's got his absolutely booming kick. Um, you know, his problem is probably just that he's not quite accurate enough with it. He's more likely to sort of let it let it rip. But you know, depending on how the forwards are set up, you know, that's uh, that's not always a bad thing. But uh, yeah, they're they're a, they're a great uh, duo down the back to uh, to kick us into attack. And will Phil Davis be the likely one to go to Jack? Uh, look, I'd probably think so at the moment, but it's interesting because Core has been sent to a couple of the really good players like Buddy and certainly last week on uh, Kennedy. So I, I suspect they'll rotate it around a little bit, but uh, probably start there. And I guess it just depends on 
um, sort of the rest of the setup there as to what happens when uh, when Dusty's resting forward. Um, that will be an interesting matchup because uh, obviously he's pretty strong and difficult to match up on. And as you say, the other ones there, Townsend and Caddy, it depends on on how we uh, plan to uh, to counter those guys. Moving on to the midfield, and you know most footy games, the the games won and lost in the midfield battle. So RFC Tiger, what about the Richmond midfielders? What do we need to do to get the upper hand upper hand against the GWS mids? The first thing everyone's going to focus on is obviously the two bulls we've got running in the midfield at the moment. Where you know, you've got Martin, who is borderline untaggable at the moment. He's just destroying people, especially when he goes into beast mode, and whether GWS try and contain that or just concede that they won't. So they work around that. We'll find out. And Cochin's, you know, taken his game to a complete another level. Um, I would say if not, it's very close to the form of his Brownlow year. It's that good. But obviously Martin's just outshadowing him. But probably the big change we've obviously seen is that second string. And again, that good old pressure word. Um, you've got the likes of Graham, Caddy and Prestia, who have really stood up and provided a lot more consistency in recent weeks. Graham, on um, the qualifying final off memory, had seven tackles just in the first quarter. Now, he did go quiet, but the ability for a young kid who can count on one hand the number of his um, games he's played so far to impose seven tackles in a high-pressure emotional environment like a qualifying final in front of 95,000 people... Um, just shows, one, the kid is fearless, but he's not letting these sort of big occasions get to him either. So I suspect he'll continue his recent um, purple patch and um, justify his selection. Caddy has had a fantastic um, second half of the year, came back from in the injury really well. He, again, provides that bullocking um, body that we do need and the ability to rotate with Townsend up forward and provide a goal-kicking um, option running out of the um, midfield, which we probably have lacked t- to a certain degree outside of Martin and Cochin in previous years. But probably my favourite at the moment is Prestia. Much maligned on our board. You know, The thread on him was all virtually unreadable a month ago. But um, ever since he had that break... And he's come back. The inside work he's doing and the service he's providing our um, outside mids and the forwards has been absolutely fantastic. And I loved his um, game against Geelong. And I'd say if you look at his games since the break, it's a struggle to not have him in your um, votes at the end of the game just because he's provided so much value in terms of that inside mid role, allowing Cochin to not be the primary focus of the opposition mids, but also, you know, pretty much allowing Martin to get that free reign where he can just impose his will as he feels free in the um, centre and forward line. And that's pretty much what Caddy and Prestia were brought in exactly to do. Yep. And I agree that Prestia's last month's been pretty exceptional. He's, he's really worked into the team well. And even though he did get slammed a little bit earlier on, he was never going to set the world alight straight away. There was still so much to learn and so many things to get his head around being at a new club. But I think we're starting to see the rewards of all that now. So hopefully he has another good game. Uh, and no, well, I was a big I was a big, pre, uh, big critic of pick six for him. But um, I have to admit, even... Even I am beginning to say, well, maybe it's um, value, but you definitely can't knock the guy anymore. 
No, he's he's definitely doing everything he possibly can in each of these games to get his team over the line, and that's all you can ask. And giant strides. What about the GWS midfield? I mean, it's a pretty star-studded lineup. Uh, what do you think they have to do to win the battle against the Richmond midfield? Yeah, it's a, a pretty classy lineup there. Um, and you know, you, you've seen that throughout the year in terms of our contested possessions and our ability at centre and stoppage clearances. Um, so you know, they have to replicate what they've been able to do all year um, with. The, uh, the inside balls of uh, Cullen Ward and Cogs as, and, and as well Hopper um, and being able to shovel that out then to, uh, to Shield and Kennedy to, to get it out with speed. You know, that they just need to concentrate on doing that again. Um, I'd agree that, uh, and, and you can see it from our uh, past games, Leon Cameron doesn't tend to put a tagger on anyone. Um, so I don't think he will probably aim to do that to, to Dusty Martin. Um, and rely on basically a team game to get the ball first and clear it out and, and just not let him impose himself on the game. Um, that's pretty hard to do, and I think, you know, to a large extent, that's going to be a uh, decisive point. Uh, Trent Cochin, as you say, has been out in outstanding form um, this year and certainly right at the moment. Uh, as have, as you said, the whole midfield, they've really uh, had a good year and, and certainly in form coming into the final series. So... Uh, you know, our guys are going to need to be at the top of their game, both in getting a uh, clean ball, getting it out, and that's where we've probably uh, fallen down in our uh, games against Adelaide and Geelong, is being a little bit too fumbly and just not getting the clean hand pass or the clean short kick out uh, so that we can move it away at speed. And if we do, uh, if we end up doing the same thing, we're going to get caught and then we're going to get overrun by the pressure game that Richmond can bring. So we really need to work hard to uh, to get the clean ball. Um, it should be a good battle um, and I think it will go a long way to deciding you know which team wins. Absolutely. And the other player as well in there is obviously Josh Kelly who just re-signed with you guys today. So that's obviously fantastic news for the club. Uh, he's a freak. So some of the things he does is, is just unbelievable. He has the ball on the string. Um, dual-sided, so strong overhead. He's definitely one that we have to, we have to watch out for. Absolutely, he's he's had a fantastic year. Um, uh, you know, he's you know he's a different player than uh, someone like Dusty Martin. You know, Dusty's really good with the uh, the, the big fend and really getting in people's faces uh, up tight. Whereas you know, Josh is a lot uh, silkier. I know you read the boards and and sometimes people go, oh, you know, I, I didn't think Josh was that good or I didn't really see him do that much. But, you know, he's, he's in what the, you know, the top 10 or so for inside 50s. Yeah, he is just so clean and so silky with what he does. I think sometimes you just don't notice everything that he's doing and and it just happens. Yeah, he's, um, he's just ridiculously good and... I suppose above all else, at least now both of our teams can laugh at North that they didn't get either of them. So that's always a good thing too. <laughs> well, what, one important point on that, we had the benefit going into the um, qualifying. Um, I don't think we can undervalue just how important it is for GWS's um, culture amongst the players to have both Kelly and Whitfield agree to terms um, leading into this game because both... You know, everyone was basically saying Whitfield is 100% gone. Callie's rejected a million a year for nine years from North. These were offers that people just assumed GWS would not be able to match, that there wasn't enough to keep the players in Western Sydney. But credit to the club, the management, and what they're trying to build there, um, something is 
other than pure cash is keeping these players together. And um, this is probably the first time in recent years that the bleeding of that um, A-grade talent from the GWS as you know, the restrictions started to contract has um, stopped. So I think this is a really promising sign for the team. And it's one that I think will give them a lot of um, ho- um, hope and um, inspiration moving into the game. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that with, with Whitfield um, signing before the West Coast game. And I think that gave him a lot of confidence and uh, similarly for this one. So, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, it's it's funny because I think we were pretty confident of holding on to Whitfield. Uh, probably no one believed those rumours. But, uh, yeah, pretty difficult to turn down what Kelly turned down. So I think, you know, that's a really good sign for us. And a message to anyone from North listening, he is not going to be there in two years. If he's rejected you now, he is not hanging around GWS for two years to play at North in two years' time. So wake up, get over it, he's gone. Oh, Snake Baker probably tends to agree with that one. But <laughs> I'm sure we could do a whole episode on that. Um, we'll move on to the last line. So RFC Tiger, your thoughts on our defenders and what we need to do to, to win the battle against the very potent GWS forwards? Everyone focuses on the mids this year, but for me, it's the defense. Our defense has been absolute A grade um, throughout the season, and close to, if not probably, the best defensive line in the AFL. Um, Rance and Asprey have been absolutely unstoppable outside of a handful of games where um, one or both of them have dropped their colours. But to be frank, it's been the exception rather than the norm. Um, unlike previous years, but they've also had a huge amount of support. And um, the ones I'd probably single out are, first of all, a personal favourite of mine. He gets a lot of curry on the board, but people still do not, um, they still underestimate the amount of creativity and drive that Basha Hawley delivers to that team. When he's not playing, we always struggle to get that ball cleanly out of the half-back line. By the same token, um, Flossie returning to the half-back line um, has stepped up, um, not just one or two, but he's now become a key component down there and he's showing a level of creativity and composure we probably haven't seen from him in past years. And those two, for me, just providing us with that drive and rebound out of our half-back line pretty much sets up most of our plays and I think if we are to win, they will be instrumental in um, us shutting down that. Um, excuse me, shutting down that GWS forward um, attack, and then probably the unsung one, but the board do like him is Dylan Grimes. Everyone focuses on um, Ranton to a lesser degree, but he's getting attention now. Asprey. But Grimes has played that third man role brilliantly this season. It's probably the first year touch wood but he hasn't had injury issues which has helped a lot but that flexibility he has to play play both small and tall um in a negating role and to support the halfback flankers um i've been really impressed with his year so far and it's probably the one line in our entire team that you really don't see a huge weakness in is that back line i think they've worked brilliantly for the style of play that we have which is this aggressive counter-attack and um, fingers crossed it keeps holding again for hopefully two more weeks. 
And who goes to Toby Green? Oh, God. Um, I'd probably... That is a tough one, I have to admit. Um, probably someone with a brick and a hammer. Um, I would struggle. I, I, I'm wondering if you... I don't think um, Grimes is going to be mobile enough for Green. Um, that would be my worry. So whether you put Boston on him and hope that he can do the role. Green is one of those ones. He's fast enough that you can't put a traditional tall on him. But, um, you know, his mark and that are fantastic too. So in terms of a um, matchup, that's one I really struggle with because at the moment he is in a really strong purple patch. But I'd probably go with Loston. Fair enough. And Giant Strides, what about the GWS fours? What do they need to do to beat the Richmond defenders? Yeah, if uh, if someone takes a uh, a brick and a uh, a hammer to Toby, I reckon he'd just take it on <laughs> and uh, and hit him back. Um, look, uh, yeah, th- this has been a troublesome area for us, uh, and it's not not t- only the uh, the fault of the forward line, but also the uh, the midfielders in their delivery. So. Um, we tend to uh, bomb it in a little bit, uh, and, and I think there's a little bit there where the forwards like it up, up above them. Um, certainly Patton tends to like to um, uh, get it uh, out in front, up, up above. But then again, you know, that works a lot. Uh, both he and Lobb are fantastic uh, contested markers when they're, uh, you know, when they're on. They have their off games, but, you know, more often than not, they're, uh, they're pretty good. Um Sometimes they lead into the same areas. So Himmelberg has actually been pretty good in that, in that he will actually create separation uh, with, his, uh, with his defender. Um, but the change from being overly tall to putting in the, uh, uh, the smaller players, I think, is what we needed to uh, improve the forward line. Uh, and hopefully that then means that, you know, the attack... Uh, lower their eyes a bit and, and actually target their players that they're looking for. Um, you've got some uh, some pretty reasonable uh, uh, markers up there. As you said, you know, Toby Green is just fantastic in all facets of the game. But for a, a small guy, uh, he can really take a, a good leap. Uh, Tim Tarano has been really good uh, earlier in the year, obviously back for his first game last week. Um, but, you know, it was quite important. You know, he was involved in the first couple of goals that we got uh, got one himself. Uh, De Boer is probably the guy who brings a, you know, a lot of pressure. And that's where we need to get the balance right in terms of uh, getting the ball to, uh, through, uh, through pinpoint accuracy, um, which is what we did see against West Coast. So that's where, you know, hopefully we got that system up and running against West Coast. And now we can translate that to, uh, to Richmond, who do, as you say, have a a better back line and therefore it's going to be a harder task to do but hopefully a bit of practice will help that out um, and then conversely the other thing we've been poor at during the year is the pressure to lock the ball into our forward 50 so hopefully a couple of those changes with bringing Taranto in uh, De Boer with his pressure will help us um, and that's where the question of you know does Delidio uh, play forward or does uh, Zach Williams play forward um, is, uh, is is crucial. As we saw last week against West Coast, Zach uh, had, I think, about 10 tackles in there uh, and provide a lot of that pressure to lock it in. He's a really smart, uh, quick, elusive player in that forward 50. So, you know, he can both kick goals himself 
um, and uh, provide the, uh, the the lock-in um, when he's trying to, uh, you know, uh, put the pressure on the defenders. So, um, yeah, that will be a, a fascinating battle. I think it's one where we're probably a little bit behind right at the moment. So I think all of the forwards are going to have to lift their game and we're probably also going to have to rely on the midfielders coming through and kicking a few goals to uh, uh, to, to uh, kick a winning score. And, I mean, as we said, Toby Green's an absolute star, but it, it, I've got a feeling we're going to try and get inside his head and rough him up. Do you think he's going to respond in a, a pretty cool, calm, collected manner? Do you think he's going to have learnt from previous times, or is he just that, that nature that he's probably going to bite back if someone has a crack at him? Oh, look, I think he'll be pretty uh, calm and collected. Um, he actually thrives in the pressure environment and, uh, you know, 90,000 feral Richmond supporters all throwing shit at him and booing him. I think he will just love that. Um, you know, more, more to the effect, obviously, is what happens on the field. And, and obviously it was uh, Richmond last time that he uh, lost his cool. I don't think he'll make the same mistake again um, with... The game on the line that's so important with a grand final, you know, very much, you know, uh, close ahead, I think he'll be good enough and smart enough to know where the line is and to make sure that he stays on the right side of it. But, you know, the, the issue for him is always that he plays close to the edge. That's how he gets the best out of himself. So, you know, it's it's always a bit of a fine line. But, yeah, I, I think and I certainly hope, fingers crossed, that he can stay on the right side of the line this week. Yeah, I personally enjoy the fact he plays close, close to the line because he's a fantastic player. Um, everyone would have him in their team in a heartbeat, so he's definitely one we have to try and shut out. Um, just a few more names to sort of throw out for discussion. RFC, I'll start with you. I know you sort of touched on them earlier, but Dusty and Cochin, they're probably going to be the two... Um, well, they, they're going to have to set the example early on. Koch did a pretty good job of it in their qualifying final against the Cats. Are they just going to have to do that same thing again and set the tone really early on? Absolutely. And, um, you know, for all the North Melbourne jokes about where is Cochin, um, we well and truly know where he is this season. And he led that team superbly on um, Friday night. Um, I have no doubt he will back it up again. I think that that game got rid of a lot of demons within Richmond. And this season, he's shown he's a much more relaxed player he's a lot more confident player he's willing to um, use his aggression and there was actually a good article today where um, I think it was John Ralph went into that the Richmond players um, the recruiters and the coaches looked at each of the traits of the players you know what they were recruited for what they're good for and built the game plan around that rather than trying to fit them you know into what the game plan needed and one of the things with Cochin was to let him return to that role of playing a more inside role, but one where he imposes his strength and um, force onto um, the opposition. And I think he will thrive in that environment again on um, Saturday afternoon. And then, of course, you've got Dusty. Um, I know we're being called a borderline one-man band at the moment with Martin, but um, the reality is if we're to beat GWS, we do need him firing. Um, in most of the games we've had in the last two months, when Dusty is off, where we, we struggle to hang in there, and you know we may go toe to toe, but once he turns it on, we can just blow sides away. So we need Martin to do that role again, where he just goes into that beast mode for at least a half, 
is unstoppable and just provides our forwards with that much ball, um, we can just pepper the goals and get the result we need. And Giant Stride, the two names I want to mention for you, Dylan Sheel and Tom Scully. Um, I love watching Scully play. He can just run and run and run. How pivotal are they to to your side? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, there was an article recently that talked about the, uh, the the guys that put the most kilometres on the board and unsurprisingly, Scully was number one. Um, probably a little bit surprisingly, uh, Lockie Whitfield was up there as well. So those are our two, uh, two long-range runners um, and we get a lot of uh, service from them. Uh, you know, Scully still uh, gets a bit of stick from probably from everyone across uh, Big Footy. Um, you know, probably particularly the uh, the Melbourne board. But you know, it's amazing how much he does bring to the team. Um, you know, generally plays somewhere near 100% of the game, and he's always there, always putting pressure on. You know, even if he doesn't make the tackle, he's there getting into someone's face, you know, forcing them to go a different way. Uh, Dylan Shield, you know, obviously a uh, different uh, player in terms of, you know, his speed is the short burst speed, um, getting it uh, in and out of the uh, the, the clearances, um, you know, is so important to what we, uh, you know, when, when we're on, it's generally because Dylan Shield is on, uh, you know, very elusive, Quick hands, quick feet, you know, pretty good kick uh, and can go forward uh, and kick a goal, you know, as we saw last week, you know, kicking the first goal. Um, you know, it, you know the, the games are always, obviously, a team game. You need everyone to be on or almost everyone on, particularly in a final like this. But, you know, it, it is those individuals, when you look at their performances, you know, if they can hit close to 100% of their... Uh, capabilities, then you know, absolutely will be a big chance to beat Richmond. And is there any other possible ins or outs for your team? I, mean, I know Stevie J's name's been thrown around, but what's your gut feel on your possible changes? Look, I think that Leon will prefer to take uh, as close as possible the same team. I, I think, you know, Stevie J, if he's anywhere near 100%, they'll probably put him in. You know, I mean, ultimately... You can't worry about the grand final. You've got to win the preliminary final. So, you know, if, if he's good to go, I think his big match experience is exactly uh, what we need um, to, you know, uh, bring that composure, bring the calmness to the team. Um, the only other thing that's been discussed is, is possibly uh, Adam Tomlinson, um, just from the fact that the Richmond forward line uh, is relatively short. Um, we obviously... Players of the standard, the uh, the four tall, so Davis, Core, Tomlinson, and Haynes. Um, and there's a bit of a question of of whether that might not work best for us. Now, Tomo is obviously, um, you know, he's got a pretty good tank and and can run around. Um, but we have seen against Western Bulldogs with their uh, lack of tall forwards, he was dropped as a, as a tactical move and brought another uh, medium in. So that's the only question. Um, now, the difference is that uh, because we're only playing the two tall forwards in Himmelberg and Patton um, with, uh, with Lobb as the, the Ruckman, um, we're one less tall in the team overall. So... My own thought is probably he'll uh, he'll stay and just adapt to uh, whatever forward line that Richmond throws at us. And RFC Tiger, what about for us? Any gut feel on who might be in or out, or do you reckon unchanged? 
You'd assume unchanged unless there's an injury worry um, in the club. The one that's come up that I heard on the um, SEN Tiger Tragics podcast is they mentioned that Bolton was actually um, taken off early because there's a concern that uh, Rioli may not be um, completely um, match ready for the game on Saturday. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen because while his numbers are low, Rioli is basically the leader of our pressure brigade up forward. And I do like Bolton, but I think he ha- he tends to go missing. Still being a young kid, he doesn't have the tank anywhere needed yet at the AFL level. And I think especially in finals where the pr- um, intensity of the game goes up, you know, five or ten notches, um, he'll do his part, but he'll get exposed a lot quicker than Rioli. So I'm fingers crossed he comes through okay. But otherwise, um, I'd still play the one ruck, still going with what's working. It's got us here this far. And as we've seen with clubs who tinker around like Geelong did before our game, it tends to unsettle sides, if anything. And um, I think we've just got to back our players to do the job that's got us here so far. I definitely agree. And before we wrap up, we'll just get a prediction from everyone. So, Giant Stride, we'll start with you. What's your prediction for the game? Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty tough, close game, but uh, I think GWS can win, um, but it won't be by much, perhaps a goal. No worries. And RFC Tiger, what about yourself? Well, with the Bureau predicting a couple of afternoon showers to come in on, um, hopeful of a two-goal win, I think, between the poncho-wearing Richmond Ferals and the Rain Gods. We may be able to give the boys enough um, of a boost to get us into our first grand final in 35 years. So wow. fingers crossed, and I think three goals. And I think we'll all be doing a bit of a rain dance in, uh, in hope to get some, some more rain in the afternoon. Uh, like both of you, I think it's going to be extremely close. Um, hopefully we get up by a couple of goals, but... Yeah, if the game gets on GWS's terms, it, it could be over real quick. So, But I'll, I'll back the Tigers. Yeah, and one play to watch on that, um, in terms of what Giant Strides mentioned before, is um, Scully. If you watched Scully's last two games, even in that loss against Adelaide, he was just racking up that ball and running through the lines like a madman. Um, if he's allowed to do that against us, it basically breaks down our defensive lines and we're going to be exposed every single time on the counter-attack. So I think in particular watching how Scully plays, if we're able to stop him, we stop and the run that the likes of him and Tomlinson, not Tomlinson, sorry, Whitfield generate, I think that will go a long way to us getting the win. Yeah, especially because we play such a high line. You're right, if Scully's allowed to do that, he's just going to tear us to shreds. But it does promise to be a very exciting match. Um, Like I said at the start... can't believe that it's going to be potentially 95,000 people. Um, it's going to be an, an experience, that's for sure. So, Giant Stride, thank you so much for coming on once again at short notice. Really appreciate that. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. And RFC Tiger, thank you for coming back on again. Thanks a lot. And um, go Tigers. Yeah, good luck for the weekend and go Tigers. Yeah, go Giants. My best team win. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!